paid good money to see this movie. When they go out to a theater, they want cold sodas, hot popcorn, and no monsters in the projection booth. Everyone pretend podcasting isn't boring. Turn it off. something so crazy happened to you you can barely believe that it happened we have developed a neurotechnology that allows you to be your best self you're still you just the best you who and why it's the ring it takes you back in time 57 seconds that's unreal Lucky number seven. Fifteen. Fifteen. Black. Yes! Thank you very much. Did you rob a bank? I went to the casino. I got super lucky. <laughs> I had, like, a, a bit of an edge. Franklin, who is this? That's my, my twin sister, Natalie. She actually OD'd on the pain pill they gave her. That pill killed my sister. I detect a desire for justice. Sig Thornson is responsible for the death of thousands with a drug he knew was devastatingly lethal. But how do I make sure that never happens to anyone again? Are you asking the wrong questions? The real breakthrough. It's time travel. Ignore the naysayers, Franklin, because money can buy you happiness. This is not about your sister. This is about power. Don't let the intellectual fear in here keep you from pursuing what's burning in here. I wish I'd done some things differently. Thing. Did you use it with me? Just keep going back and redoing things till you get it right. Is that what a better future looks like? There's not enough time. Strap in! Hey folks, welcome to a special episode of The Projection Booth. I'm your host, Mike White. On this episode, I am talking with writer-director Rusty Cundiff all about his latest film, 57 Seconds. It's a science fiction mystery starring Josh Hutcherson, Morgan Freeman, and Greg Gurman. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy the interview. Rusty, it is great to see you, sir. Nice to see you. Have, have we met before, Mike? We have not, but I've been following your career since all the way back to Fear of a Black Hat. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's some time. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, you've been around for a little while. And now you're back with a new feature, 57 Seconds. How did this one come together for you? I got a call from a producer friend of mine. He had a script that had been written by Megan Blair, which I thought actually was a very good script, based on a short story by E.C. Tubbs called Lucifer. And Megan's script, while it obviously really filled out, created a whole world outside of the Lucifer short story. It was so thematically in line with the Lucifer short story that it was just really dark. And I think they were having a little trouble getting it set up in that version, though it was probably in 1970 or 80. It's a no-brainer, maybe even in the early 90s. Today, 
it's harder to get those kind of really dark stories done. I'm talking leaving Las Vegas, protagonists just going straight into hell. He was like, can we take this and keep a lot of the bones of it? Because it was a really great story that Macon came up with. But we need to create this character that people are going to root for. And so that was how I got involved with it and looking at the story and saying, is there something that this guy can try to accomplish that he can then use this ring as a way to accomplish it? But then we could also see how it affects him as a human being in terms of the power that it grants him and what he does with it. Whereas the original short story is just a bad guy getting a something that he can use and he just does bad. This became a story where there's a decent person who gets something and he wants to do something good with it, but he ultimately is going to discover that having so much power presents opportunities that can test one's moral position and fortitude. Did you bring all of the pharmacology and all that into the story? Yeah, all the pharmacology. While I was doing that, I was I was reading, I, I was trying to figure out how to make the character have something to fight for. And I was looking at all the stuff with the Sackler family and Oxycontin. And I had actually had some friends that I pushed into rehab. So I knew that that side of the pharmacology technology, because there's a lot of technology that plays in this and seeing how, yeah, it can be good, but it can also have some really dark, dark elements to it. And allowing Franklin then to have a sister who he lost because of this drug gave him a purpose other than just finding a ring and going, oh, I can go back 15 seconds. What do I do with that? Oh. But he still got to play around with that in the thing. And, you know, he gambles with it. He finds love with it in the wrong way. But he also perhaps does something good with it by exposing this, this guy who knew that this drug was, had issues, but did not admit it and knew that people were dying from this thing that he put out there. Yeah, I think it works a lot better to have the main character killing a person in order to get a combination for a safe where there's all of this stuff rather than just getting off on killing people like the main character from the tub story. Oh, so yeah, you're someone then that has read it. Yeah, that that became the trick because you want to have somebody that has a goal that you can follow and root for them to achieve whatever it is that, that they're trying to do. So in some ways, it's a, he's on a revenge mission and it's the old saying, I think it's a Japanese saying, or is it a Chinese saying? I can't remember. And I'm paraphrasing it. When you go out to dig a grave for your enemy, dig two, one for your enemy and one for yourself, because generally going to do that, you're going to pull yourself into the mire alongside. And you're dealing with some heavy hitters in here. I know you've worked with great actors in the past. Of course, Clarence Williams III, one of my favorites, but getting to work with Morgan Freeman must have been quite a treat. Oh, gosh. It was amazing. It was telling somebody else that he was just, he was very gung-ho once he showed up on set about the project. 
we had to work to get him because he is a science buff and he wouldn't sign on to the movie until we found some connection that was based in reality that could potentially make this ring a real thing. Not that it ever would be, but just some kind of something. And I had to talk to some physicists to, to find that because for me, it was just like, it's a magic ring. I don't need anything like that. But I think that actually made the film better. And then once we uh, had Morgan on the set, he was just, he's such a professional and he really commits to the script. He had a moment where he's being shot or someone's taking a shot at him and he goes down to the floor. And because he's 80 some years old, a lot of the crew is, oh my God, do we need a stunt person? We got to put something, we can't put Morgan Freeman down on the floor. No, we can't do that. We can't do that. We can't do that. And I had talked to Morgan, so I wasn't really, I didn't have a problem with it, but everyone was like, Morgan, you don't need to get on the ground. And as Morgan just climbs, he goes down on the ground. And I remember my DP going up to him and said, oh, mate, Morgan, he's Aussie. You don't have to get down there on the ground. And Morgan looked up at him and said, in the script, does it say that I'm on the ground? I'm on the ground. And that that's. It's just dedication and a guy that that really gave his all and gives his all to to the part. No, he definitely does, and yeah, he's so terrific to watch. And then yeah, your main character, your lead, is he's wonderful, and I like that he has that kind of aw shucksness to him. I know, of course, I'm familiar with him from The Hunger Games, but to see him again in this, he just brings that sincerity that, that character needs so much. He's really got an everyman quality. It's like. He- he makes you feel comfortable when you see him because you've seen this guy in the world before he's, and he may be in your family, maybe a friend, this guy. And he definitely has that quality that you feel really invested in who he is. And he could play the line really well between, am I doing the right thing? Am I doing the wrong thing? And, and where am I giving in? What am I giving up of myself? to achieve this goal that I have of seeing this, this company and particularly the villain, Sig Thornson, who's the head of the company, have his comeuppance. But what am I doing to myself to achieve that? So these days I have to ask this question because I used to assume everything was opening theatrically, but where can people see 57 seconds? I think that this is like in maybe eight screens someplace across the country. So it's a very limited release in terms of seeing it in a theater. But I know it's on Apple and it's probably someplace else. I'm terrible with this kind of stuff, but I know you can see on Apple, the Apple service, and I think it's someplace else, but I'm sure Sam can tell us. Thank you so much for your time. This is such a pleasure talking to you and I hope we can do it again sometime. Mike, I appreciate it. Thank you very much, my man. You have a great afternoon. You too. If I could save time in a bottle The first thing that I'd like to do Is to save every day Till eternity passes away Just to spend them with you If I could make days last forever 
If words could make wishes come true I'd save every day like a treasure And then again I would spend them with you But there never seems to be enough time To do the things you want to do once you find them Looked around enough to know that you're the one I want to go through time with. If I had a box just for wishes. And dreams that had never come true The box would be empty Except for the memory of how They were answered by you But there never seems to be enough time To do the things you want to do Once you find them I've looked around enough to know You're the one I want to go through 